Well, hello there. This is G Long with the Long of the Boot podcast, the podcast coming to you from the heel of the boot of Southwest Louisiana after a long period of time off. Uh, sitting across the way, there's a uh, Deb. How hello, you doing, Deb? Hello. Yes, it has been a long time. One month. A month. A month. That's it's, a long it, time. It has, it, yeah, it feels like it. It's a bigger percentage of the life that we have left than it was 40 years ago. Oh, wow. You're jumping right in. That's deep. <laughs> starting to get deep. Don't go deep yet. Oh, okay. Okay, stay, that's that's too much. Stay in the shallow um, end. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I forgot about the new song. It, uh, I think yeah, we only used you, it Landon once. thank you, Blood, for this uh, yeah. new theme song that we just love to death. Uh, and yeah, it, just, really it took me by surprise when you played it, and I was like, oh, wait, that's that's richer. That's That's better than the last. Yes, I have the other one up here. I could play it. To in, one, for comparison, yeah, but well, okay. Well, we don't we'll, need that yet. But we'll do that on a different day when we we're could, when we we're could not, fall back when we feel like we're losing things and when we, when we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, so out of practice for a month, we we spent a little time Please, trying to get things together this morning. In fact, proof of that is that I have not yet said. Uh, you can always go to the <laughs> Long in the Boot page at www.longintheboot.com. The email longintheboot at gmail.com and the ever-present phone number. You got it. You got it written down? I do. It's 337-502-9011. Leave a message. Who knows if I'm, you know, feeling frisky. I may just <laughs> I may just answer, answer, answer that, that phone. Answer that phone and that speak happen to often. people. No, it doesn't happen often. Actually, you usually have your phone turned down and you never hear it. Right. And And although I don't call much when I'm out and about. Yeah, I've learned to turn it on when you leave. You now. call me a lot when I'm out. Well, I have to check on you, make sure you're not doing anything untoward. <laughs> Would I do that now? That's, that's not like me, sir. But anyway. So, so the uh, the family, the Longs were all in the boot. Uh, for the last month. For the last month, we had a, a nice trip to Galveston. My son, who is serving elsewhere. Got to yeah, come in for 30 days. That and, was nice. And his family came down. And, and, and his frantic attempts to get back to base on uh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. This and, whole. Uh, somehow he pulled it off. I don't know. It's a yeah, long ways. It is a long way. A lot and, of and, and, and many obstacles were thrown in his way. And, yeah, by the way, if you're going to the Netherlands, you need like four pages of stuff. <laughs> of <just> documents. Really <laughs> having a having a printed crap. copy of your clean test. Your negative COVID test isn't enough and <laughs> you still have to uh have uh, you need exemptions it. to not go into a quarantine and it's eight just... by ten color glossies and a file folder <laughs> full of documents and with lots of circles and arrows and the <laughs> paragraph on the back of each one yeah yeah otherwise you're going to end up on the group w bench yeah it could happen all right so uh so we played go. the we played the mimi and pawpaw role for a month we have been mimi and pawpaw and that's been interesting not g-long and deb yeah, for, for the past month, and yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is an interesting shift into because we've been alone here for like ten years, right? And and we don't normally get to see our grandkids. Yeah, it's just a weird role it, reversal it is. kind of thing. Yeah, well, we found a balance. You know, you settle in after a while, and it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was. It was wonderful. Cool. All uh, right, my grandkids are are good people. They're, they're unique human beings. Oh, their parents are all right, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mom I mean, and dad. They're not listening, so who cares? We don't have to be mom and dad to our grown children <laughs> They anymore. don't listen to us. They don't support us in any way. They're so mean. Okay. Really? No. Oh, okay. I was, I was just playing. 
All right. And so, so the, our one year anniversary show. Let's let's Yeah, it bring is. That uh, up. Oh yeah. Ta da. I should have had special one anniversary music. No. Oh. What would that sound like? Well, if I could pay the music rights, it would be oh. happy anniversary, baby. Oh, you yeah, know. got you on my mind. Yeah, see, I can do that legally. Okay, because you don't do it as well as the original. Correct. Okay, all right. <laughs> or without music. or um, People would recognize that. Yeah, you'd be stealing their... Uh, but I encourage you to go somewhere and listen to that song. It's a great song. And think about <laughs> us. Okay, well, that's all right, a little so anyway, odd, a year, we're not doing that. Let's go back, shall we? And a year ago, we decided to do the podcast for no... No, no, don't. Was, You've already. Told I wanted to the do story. it. Yeah, I you told the story. To, yes, you wanted to do it. Don't Listen it. to a past episode if you'd like to hear the exciting story of how, of how you began a podcast. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's riveting. Well, uh, so anyway, uh, we talked about. Got into uh, Deb interrupted me. I was trying to do a podcast by myself oh, uh, because yeah. I'd had an issue. I had a recording issue uh, with my previous partner. Uh, in the podcast and 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 you all yeah you just sometimes you forget to push the button and no no that this this time was an actual sound error oh a sound it, it was error a horrible That's crackling right. noise that right. i could not get rid of anyway uh so deb interrupted me and then we talked about uh some actually it was a little bit of about cancel culture and a little bit about Middleton. Yeah, that's hard not to talk Talked about. Talked about LSU and, and General Middleton and how they were ripping his name off the library at LSU, uh, an event that I'm still in disagreement with. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yet continues to happen in in numerous ways well, across the Well, it took away, it took away again, the idea in my mind of America has always been, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the people that helped found our country may have had checkered pasts <laughs> yes, in some cases. Yes. But uh, there's a thing about personal redemption. I don't think you should be held accountable. I mean, how, how, how far do we do this? If somebody says something that 30 years ago was incorrect, do, is it right to hold that against them well, I think, all these years later I think and somehow, try to ruin their lives? I think somehow society wants them to have a consequence for their actions even if they're it's, past now, you it's know, not even if they're dead. It's not really society's right. Well, I think there are small groups of people well, who have come together oh, and, I agree. and share this idea that we're going to punish him now for what he said or did back then, even, if even though he was a creature of that time. And even though if they're still alive, maybe they've already apologized for it or... Yeah, changed. made made uh, some kind. Of, okay, well, you know so what? That was the whole, that was that the was past the first episode that we had. Yes. So here we are, a year later. A year later, many and, words and discussions later. And we been we were discussing the other day the the use of euphemisms. Yeah, how how colorful and and are they actually things that we? Well, just the idea of them. There's so many. Yes, and they're positive and negative. And it created a rabbit hole that just went on and well, on and, and, and kind of circled back to what we talked about a year ago. Yes, it did. And and it also stemmed from a story that we read, each of us individually, and then we talked about it later, a recent story from a Massachusetts Brandeis University. Yeah, that's where it started. That's where we really kind of uh, took off on this idea. They have a list of oppressive uh, words that they are discouraging people from using. Yeah, well, uh, oppressive language. Yeah, in, in well, their minds. In, in 2015, they came up with the Prevention Advocacy Resource Center on their campus and the PARC. Yeah. The park. 
Park. Park. Okay. Park. And Park had this job of, of discouraging euphemisms and vagueness in the language. If it doesn't say what you mean, you should not use it. Well, yeah, actually, all about being correct with their language, but we're going to hide it behind a, an acronym. An acronym is that what acronyms that's an, do? That's, that's another a, show. No, that's I don't think we should even start with that idea. Acronyms are a whole so, different show. So they, one of the things that made their list was killing it. Oh, that's a good one. Killing it. Don't killing use it. that. Uh, you know, killing it is dealing with murder and why would you do that to um, you know somebody if you don't if you want it's to a say that's violent language if you want to say they're doing something well you don't need to equate what they they did to murder right but, but when you say it the tone is such that man he's killing it yeah that's true so that's positive you know that's positive the hearer knows it's positive Ooh, but if you can't hear mm, well, would your body language indicate it uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe uh, that's what this is all about. We don't. Well, hold. maybe we should go back to what euphemisms were, where they started, and bring ourselves back around to mm. Brandeis University. All right, all right. Well, the first the first recorded in print use of that word is in 1681, and it was the word criminy. And what was criminy about? Well, criminy was about people not using the Lord's name in vain. It replaces Christ. Ah, yes. there we go. So, because words have power. You remember that, right? We talked about that at one it's, point. It's in the Ten Commandments. Like it is. Do not third, use the word, uh, right? the Lord's name in vain. So, in order to avoid doing that, you replace it with a nicer, softer, more palatable Right. Word or phrase. Yeah, because people long ago thought that words had actual power. In fact, the Bible actually says a word, you know, that, that God spoke and Oh, and, and from that word, yeah, that, something that happened. Word. There let there be light. And, the, and the, there's a um what a home Right. Oh, um, that's the sound supposedly yeah. at the creation either of the an om or a right. aum and uh and so yeah words had actual power that's the, the third commandments about mm -hmm. the idea was using god in a in a form of a curse yes so we, have I can, to, we can't I can, say it i can say from sitting in in several yoga classes where chanting is is going on it's it it is a feeling it's a powerful feeling just the the reverberation and the sound of the words so they even you know many cultures lend credence to that idea that words have power and all cultures have euphemisms right there's it's not they're because not we all have different taboos english. you, you know. might think that english is the only language that really had no not even not even and it goes way back but there's a connection in all cultures what euphemisms are used or yes, were used yes. originally initially for for, for words of sacred power. words because taboo words or taboo yes the polynesians came up with the word taboo and that's it exactly sacred things we won't talk about no no but we have to talk about them well then we need to say it in a different way yeah well you're you're the unwashed masses oh look there there's a nice euphemism for the peasants right the unwashed masses right so and i'm not calling you a peasant so criminy oh yes criminy christ okay so uh crikey 
on the <laughs> strangely enough on the show hey arnold helga's catchword her father's catchword too is criminy right i so, remember that cartoon you remember that cartoon i do a vulgar exclamation of astonishment uh now it's somewhat archaic of course but i use the word i say oh criminy all the time in fact i say many of these things um so mild euphemism for christ uh crikey cracky cripes Christmas or Christmas, Christopher Columbus and G Rover Cripes. Yeah, I like the last one. What G Rover Cripes? G Rover Cripes. <laughs> I yeah, and you know I use crikey and I I say these words. Oh criminy, who's yonder? And that was uh, in 1681. But then they're also serious in um, 1700s quotation cited uh, the the line murdered my brother. Oh criminy. Oh Christ, Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, I th- that was one that was a surprise Jesus Christ. Yeah, for, for yeah, Jiminy Cricket was not did not originate with Disney. So <laughs> so, but they chose that for his his name. So did they know that that was a euphemism for Jesus Christ? Uh, I you would, think that was an innocent mistake? I think not, sir. Well, there had to be an original. There so, had to be a point so where Jiminy the Cricket first person was Jesus Christ. Well, but the first representing. Person, I'm sorry. Please, please ignore my implication there that he was. He literally I, was. I don't. I don't think. I hope my li- audience wouldn't. I don't wouldn't think go any there. of our listeners uh, um, suddenly assumed that you meant that Jiminy Cricket's was in fact our Lord and Savior. <laughs> okay, I certainly hope not. And, and if you do, probably turn us off right now and and go away. It would have been a much simpler job, though, to, you know, make it. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, enough of that foolishness. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, culturally, it happens all over the world. I liked uh, with the word criminy, the thing, the thing it's, uh, which well, first, where it came from, Jesus Domine. Yes, yes. Jesus Lord. Jesus Lord. So we got to come up with something but else. But you don't use utter Gemini. that. Yeah, Gemini. Yeah, and they they uh, but uh, was a uh, Lord Byron, Criminy Jiminy. Did you ever ever hear such a nimini pimini story as Lee Hunt's Rimini? <laughs> he was high. Yeah, probably so <laughs> on <sorry>. opium, <laughs> almost guaranteed. Oh well. And then Tom Sawyer, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Oh, Jiminy is him! Exclaimed both boys. Yep. Yes. So oh, Jesus, it's him. So we got a bunch of old ones that, that are again just always religious in nature. Yes. But we haven't got around to the other fun ones about like body parts and body functions. No, yet. no, these are all still early on and and just uh, taking religious the place of religious versions. ones. So you're not using. So you're not sinning. You're not violating one of the Ten Commandments. Um, and man, I use these gadzooks and zounds. Oh, zounds! I explained I, in, in yeah in my class in your that class it, that it meant God's wounds. Yes. And that was oh. that was actually something you weren't supposed to say. So yeah. that means that people were walking around saying it. Yes. And that and then your implication uh, is if I had I came across a question that somebody said, Are euphemisms sinful? You know, to uh, to say it. And so apparently, yes, you're uttering your your intention is, you know, to Jesus or God's wounds, whatever you're saying. So even by using the euphemism, you've still sinned. You know, those of you who are out there who say things like zounds, 
God knows what you Well, mean. that was the point of the question, right? <laughs> I don't know who on, on the book of knowledge answered that person that they are sinful because you're still doing it. What Jimmy Carter said, I've lusted in my heart, right? So he's still taking on that sin. He says, I agree that even just thinking about it is is sinful in itself. So right. using the word, even in place <laughs> of, knows. golly gosh. Struth. Sometimes another Struth. word is substituted for the forbidden, and we get expressions like, for Pete's sakes, for the <laughs> love of Mike, for crying out loud. <laughs> for Pete's sake. I always wondered who Pete was. Mm, at, well, Apparently and we know, who, Jesus. we know who Mike <laughs> is now, right? He's a Sassol Mike. You know, and yet no one ever uses like just, you know. Oh, wait. Sassol Mike is a Southwest Louisiana joke. Yeah. Kinda. Oh, okay. Yeah, it won't go outside of our area. Sorry about that, y'all. Can I say y'all? Am I being inclusive? To you are actually. We, am we'll, I being we'll gender? We got to go. Oh, you'll go back to that. Yeah, story. we'll circle back to Brandeis because that's a good way to get t- towards the back end to of the, it. Back to the beginning. Yeah, because we want to talk about some other fun euphemisms. But th- the problem is, as we go towards the Brandeis list, euphemisms start to take on a more, I don't know, sinister, I think, sinister tone. Well, the, they turn to dis-euphemism. Well, th- yeah. and But the first one, some of the... Some of the ones from, you know, that we use on a regular basis, I don't think there's any kind of problem with them. Man, we have so many different euphemisms. Well, you're, you're talking about just the ones we individually choose to make depending on the company we're in. Social awareness. I mean, knowing the group that you're with, there's nothing wrong with tempering your your language in order to, you know, to not talk about people don't like to talk about death. Right. You know? We don't talk about the C word. You mean cancer yeah we whisper it i mean it's a joke that we make but yeah that was real for a very long time you didn't want to say the word out loud because then you've you the word has power you say it you're going to give somebody cancer you're going to get cancer that's that's crazy but if you say voldemort he's going to show up (laughs) is what you're saying (laughs) yes yes don't utter his name his name shall not be spoken but it is when it is it's done. He does show up. Of course he does. Self-fulfilling prophecy or power in the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know. So euphemisms mostly were for religious and taboo words, which also included body functions yes, and yes. sex. You oh, man. Oh. The number of euphemisms for sex could take hours. Yeah, oh. Well, it can be in the millions, I would think, because it can be anything. anything. Your intonation, the way your tone when you say it, hey, baby, did you push the button? <laughs> did you push the button? I off, I ask you before we start the show every time, baby, did you push the button? <laughs> and it depends on how I say it, right? The tone is what's going to... So anything and can be... And the crowd you're with again. And the crowd you're with. Social awareness. You're, you're, so euphemisms are crowd dependent. Situational. Situation, like ethics. Like ethics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, we are horrible people. <laughs> that's it we're just we're just horrible trying to sort no we're here trying to sort out the complexities of being human in this time period in this time period where things can the political life and the social life they they have become fraught with peril for many people yes because they said something even in a euphemism that somebody still took offense at what that what if that poor soul just has a limited vocabulary well, exactly. I mean, you can't keep up on everything. Things are changing. No, no. Rapidly today. We're going to need a but chip. But the, the problem with it is with the language itself. When we use, when when we realize that we could use euphemisms in a different way, 
So we've got a couple clips. The first one's a little long, but it's George Carlin. Yeah, because we're children of the 70s. Right. It's so, George Carlin, the comedian, great, the premier comedian, uh, talking about the use of euphemisms. Now, here's the thing. This is from 30 years ago. That's it? 30? Yeah. Okay, so we were... Tw- it was okay. 1990. Okay, 1990. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. But but listening to him all through the 70s, he was building toward this kind of comedy. You know, you had people like Lenny Bruce before Correct. him. And so often talking about what's happening in society. So a, a forerunner of what we're dealing with now. Euphemisms. Originally, yeah, okay, fine. But what can be done with euphemisms is really kind of the point. In the First World War, that condition was called shell shock. Simple, honest, direct language. Two syllables, shell shock. Almost sounds like the guns themselves. That was 70 years ago. Then a whole generation went by, and the Second World War came along, and the very same combat condition was called battle fatigue. Four syllables now. Takes a little longer to say doesn't seem to hurt as much. Fatigue is a nicer word than shock. Shell shock. Battle fatigue. (laughs) Then we had the war in Korea, 1950. Madison Avenue was riding high by that time. And the very same combat condition was called operational exhaustion. (laughs) Hey, we're up to eight syllables now. And the humanity has been squeezed completely out of the phrase. It's totally sterile now. Operational exhaustion. Sounds like something that might happen to your car. (laughs) Then, of course, came the war in Vietnam, which has only been over for about 16 or 17 years. And thanks to the lies and deceit surrounding that war, I guess it's no surprise that the very same condition was called post-traumatic stress disorder. (laughs) Still eight syllables, but we've added a hyphen. And the pain is completely buried under jargon. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I'll bet you if we'd have still been calling it shell shock, some of those Vietnam veterans might have gotten the attention they needed at the time. Reduced it to an acronym. To just an acronym. And now it can be not just people oh, coming back oh, from combat. No, no. Now it can apply survivors to, to of abuse. survivors of any. Oh, wait. I don't know that we're allowed to use the word survivors. Oh, I think that's incorrect. <laughs> I've got a list somewhere around yeah. here. I think it might be incorrect. It, it's that's just crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so does that diminish it for the soldier for somebody experiencing war, or is it appropriate to? Well, is it any different? Is it appropriate to equate it? Yeah, exactly. Is it any different? Somebody who look that apartment collapse in Miami. That's what's happening in cult, you know yeah. society right now right. is watching that unfold and and the terror that that creates in everybody who lives in a building like that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to go to bed at night and now not feel comfortable that the, well, it's still it's still in the end. It's a taboo subject that we've created a taboo about when he talks about the war, you know, yeah, and fighting war, and, and dealing and with death and by, and by saying PTSD one, we've quantified it with a psychiatric term. Yes. So that cleans it up, too. That sterilizes it. sterilizes it. it. There's no blood. There's yeah. no physical Well, because that's trauma. uncomfortable. It's PTSD. Exactly. And it allows us, people who haven't had to deal with that, to just 
kind of marginalize it in our heads. Yeah. It, it makes it more comfortable for us. Yeah. I mean, we grew up in the in the seventies when Vietnam images were suddenly being shown on television and that just hadn't happened before, you know, letting the American citizens see images. But even those right. were cleaned up. Sure. Now look at what we see on TV. Oh, constantly. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so we've become anesthetized to those images. Oh, sure. We will, you know, we to a degree to to deal with it. You have to. So we create we create taboos and we create things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And we come up with new phrases, we come up with new phrases that everybody knows it means, means the, the thing that's uncomfortable. Yes. But somehow mentally we can rationalize that and say, well, it's OK. It's accepted. No, not for everybody. No, not for everybody. There are people who get upset uh, well, I'll use the word, I use the word retarded just as Oh, like that slowed word. growth. That's what the word means. Originally that was created to, as a good thing because what they were calling people who had learning disabilities mm-hmm. were morons or imbeciles. Mm-hmm. And people said, well, that's not comfortable. No, no. That's they recognized terrible. that that was an inappropriate. So they thing, said so. they were mentally retarded yeah. and People went, okay, and that's the word that was around for the longest time. Yeah. And now we have to go another step. Retarded became uncomfortable for people to hear, especially if they had to deal with people who suffered from a a, mental handicap. Yeah, a mental or physical handicap. And so they said, we don't like that word, and on to the next thing, Mm -hmm. which is developmentally disabled. You know what I mean? Yes. So somewhere along the the development, but of a large their, enough group of people became uncomfortable with the word. Yeah, retarded. and that's what changes society. And then society and culturally, we want them to feel better. Yeah, so, so we continue creating new euphemisms, and to, and, and then them. the other words become archaic and and eventually go Sometimes away. Sometimes hurtful. Yeah, for people, for some people, if you have that you know mindset, I I personally, I yeah, words are just words. I I can't so are you triggered by words no because because we like to use that now you know everything is a trigger no i'm, I'm not I, no I just, i'm not either the but when but, we were okay. growing up they had that stupid little poem sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me well at some point along the way without being consulted whatsoever they decided to that, change it that yeah maybe so that words okay. are in fact okay. harmful so we go back to then again in the seventies and, and how companies were, we've been talking a lot about companies coming up with social, they're creating, they're, they're creating scores yes, they're to make sure they're score. socially acceptable and doing socially, socially acceptable things and not doing horrible, nasty things. Yeah. So like what does your company represent? Yes. What does your company represent? Trying to become carbon neutral. Exactly. So in the course of that discussion, which was part of the look at euphemisms, weirdly enough. Yeah, actually it was. The The Arm & Hammer company had a jingle, and that jingle was meant at the time to be inclusive. Which one? The, the Arm & Hammer. No, no, Armor. Armor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Arm & Hammer. Sorry, Arm & Hammer. I don't well, know. Well, you know, now that we say that. What, are, what, what does is Arm & Hammer represent? Look at the label. It's a big, giant man's arm 
with a mm, hammer. Yeah. That's problematic. I think that's that's a, got a violent tendency to mm, it. God, so what so are they what are that. they crushing? Women can't lift hammers. Hmm. Yeah. Nothing yeah. get done here in this house if I couldn't lift a hammer. Yeah, I don't even know if that's still on their label, actually. <laughs> and I think a it chainsaw is. and an axe. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it's too hot. I don't want to do it. Um, uh, okay, so so back, armor. Yes, armor. And, armor. I, and, and I'm almost sorry that we're going to play this for our audience because it's going to get stuck in your head. Well, I had an order, and now you're asking me to play something, and it might be out of order. Oh, no. Well, oh, I we're, guess we're here distract. we go. Here we go. And if it doesn't work, you'll never know because I'll just cut it out and fix it. Okay. <laughs> Kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. There you go. Armor hot dogs. I know. For all kids, fat kids, skinny kids, <laughs> kids who climb on rocks, tough kids, sissy, sissy kids. kids. Wow. And even the ones that went to the chicken pox party. And, I went to a chicken pox party. Yeah, I did too. Well, we didn't it wasn't a party. We just kept no, it was out a with each slumber party, so that we'd all just share our chicken pox and Everybody get it over with. A, we but, need to do it all at one time. Yeah, but don't give them aspirin. Hot dogs, fine. Aspirin's new. Yeah. So, but but armor <laughs> but fat kids. Think about it. Even fat kids can eat hot dogs. But then we talked about the video that goes along with it, which is well, a little creepy. The second creepy. video. The, oh, the second video. The first, first one is the, first the Pied video is Piper. a bunch of kids like the Pied <laughs> It's disturbing, too. It is disturbing. There's a guy in a white suit that works like at a soda fountain. He looks like the good for, humor guy. Soda fountain is a place where people used to go get ice cream products, young kids. No, no. <laughs> good humor ice cream man. Let me tell you what a what a soda fountain was. You soda jerk. Um, oh, a soda jerk worked by <laughs> the counter. Honor. We couldn't say that either. Not anymore. All right. Oh, uh, I forgot about the soda jerk. Anyway, it was Aww. a bunch of kids following a hot dog vendor around like he was some kind of Pied Piper. Handing out wieners. I'm assuming he murdered them all later <laughs> by luring them with hot no, dogs. No, I'm sure not. Okay, so there was the second one. Candy's got nothing on hot dogs. <laughs> you need protein. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so in the second video, though, the second commercial that they ran, the second series in the late 60s, early 70s, which is the one I remember. Yeah. It's a, it's a hot dog vendor, again, leading yes. kids but he leads him into the gigantic garish smiling mouth of a clown and they go through a fun house while singing this demented song we all eat hot dogs down here but when they did the when they said fat kids fat kids it was actually just a normal sized kid yeah. standing in front of one of those goofy mirrors which made him fat which made so him he fat. really and they wasn't reversed fat it. so they reversed it's not, it with another kid for the skinny kid it's not weightism guys it it wasn't weightism right yeah they, so and they didn't show and you know that's tough and sissy that's they just the, left that out altogether no but they put it in there but what's a and sissy we know kid? what the implication is sissy kids mm. sissy kids you know but that's not implying. gender specific. So you well, could have tough girls and sissy girls. Is that Tom okay? Boys, well, mm, they were. Oh, being, I'm sure tomboys is a no-no. They were being inclusive. Tomboys is. Or right, they right thought out. they thought they were. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. they were advancing their line of thought, saying, you know, when we say fat kids, some people might get affected. 
So how about but, we but stick not a then. skinny kid in front of a mirror? Or maybe more so then, because there really weren't a lot of, of fat or obese children at that time. I mean, I was comparatively. chunky. Yeah, comparatively, I was chunky. Well, and yeah, it was still it was, it was still perfectly acceptable you were to definitely to totally not accepted to anybody be. Oh who was yeah, overweight. oh yeah. <laughs> I I was bullied for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was I was fat when I was little too. Yeah, and I was short. I'm short. I'm short now. I was short then. It's it's. Oh yeah, you know. that's why you'd go to the husky section <laughs> we didn't, for pants. We didn't really have that. But there you go. I husky. didn't really have that. Oh, it's the fat kids clothes. No, I had to wear older women's stuff because they didn't husky. have juniors for husky girls. <laughs> and then the dusty Barbie doll came out and she was athletic. Right. Athletic. So anyway, we yeah. can, we couldn't do that. That that commercial no, right out. No, armor would <laughs> armor would be apologizing all over. Well, I wouldn't think they'd put it out there, but yet companies still sometimes surprise me and do stupid crap. Yeah, rich kids, poor kids. How long could you hang hang on? <laughs> so I'll just keep coming with different versions. Yeah. Oh yeah, trans kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, maybe armor oh armor you need to redo it <laughs> maybe coming, we need to do it for armor coming from the long and long consulting group maybe we'll work on but, that I don't you, know. Can, you can call <laughs> us we'll explain what we're saying <laughs> to be an inclusive uh completely inclusive commercial man it's hard though because they keep adding syllables you notice a lot of these euphemisms oh that isms. Take the place of, yeah of oh things. yeah no it says postmodern society produces a multitude of euphemisms because there's new power to the production it's a uh, political correctness and all of the isms starting from ableism going all the way to weightism right wait we you have- mean there's a political agenda with some what? of this no no not in the language Poor people used to live in slums. Now the economically disadvantaged occupy substandard housing in the inner cities. <laughs> and they're broke. They're broke. They don't have a negative cash flow position. They're fucking broke. Because a lot of them were fired. You know, fired. Management wanted to curtail redundancies in the human resources area. So many people are no longer viable members of the workforce. Smug. Greedy, well-fed white people have invented a language to conceal their sins. It's as simple as that. Maybe that's what's going on. We were warned about it in, in We've been numerous sci-fi books and, and other comedians. It's almost become a trope to even refer to 1984. It, yeah. Because the language is being changed so often well that euphemisms another term another a synonym for that is double speak is is a form of euphemisms as well double plus good oh yeah yes Uh, uncold okay but (laughs) but it's all happening and it's bound to happen war is peace it's it's going to occur we can't just because we can identify that it's occurring we're not going to stop it we've been at peace the entire time we've been at war Isn't that weird? That is. That is ironic. For a long time. I mean, honestly, it's 2021. Yeah. We started up with Iraq and all that. I mean, way back, the mm-hmm. original. But the the after 9-11, we've been pretty much at war since then in, in some place or another. <sighs> and, yet, and yet, our country's been at peace. Well, Vietnam was just a conflict. Hmm. We don't even want to. We didn't even want to call it a war. Well, see, there you go. Ta-da. Yeah. Euphemism. Uh, well, I know the government always does. It, it. was a government per- and advertising are the two entities that perpetuate this. I think the most. Yes, that's damaging. 
people, individuals, and groups, because, I mean, if a student says something, I, I don't ridicule them and say, God, you're an idiot. I, I change my language. I soften what I say. And like, well, that's an interesting way to say that. Okay, does anybody else have an idea? You know, I, I wouldn't ridicule them for not giving a correct answer or those no no you just say so but that's that's the appropriate use of you look at them and scream wrong (laughs) (laughs) yes but with a funny tone yes so that they recognize that you're you're just being silly that is absolutely incorrect good job (laughs) (laughs) good job i'm proud of you and and most kids would be able to accept that kind of Sure, if you do it right, if you do it, yes, exactly. But thank God, that's why I can't wear masks, people. I can't make the face I need to be able to say that. To be able to, yes, I know it's it's very difficult (laughs) to get in front and and do that with that because you need the tone, and that's the point. Euphemisms require tone. Well, I've decided that since I'm still fat, that I wish to be called (laughs) horizontally challenged. Horizontally challenged. Yeah, I don't know how that actually. Translates. Translates. I know. Oh, that. Oh, you're looking at that stupid list. Yeah, but there's so many good ones on it. Well, armed intervention, right? Military attack. Sure, sure. Um, adult beverages. I use that one all the time now when I'm talking in front of kids. Yes, yes. You're a little thin on top, Mister Long. <laughs> a little. A little. Um, <laughs> American murder logs. So. <laughs> they're all over Louisiana. They're all over Louisiana. Um, <laughs> they're called trees. No, they're alligators. Here, they're trees. <laughs> Those are vertical American murder logs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, um, again, political entities, people who are in control, uh, advertisers who are absolutely in marketers. control, marketers, absolutely. Because well, that's again, what social media if, exists if for. If you are not a consumer, then you are no good. What good are you in this modern society? Correct. Thank you, 12 Monkeys. Give um, us your money. Give us your money, absolutely, because that's what you info. are. So. People on individual levels curtailing their language, using euphemisms to to help their communication with somebody is is absolutely necessary as you know, trying to find harmony and balance in society. When political and advertisers and marketers do it, they tend to do it with a different Well, they are looking to gain a dollar. Yes, they have a different motivation for it. It's not harmony and peace in in society. In fact, I think they want to divide us more. Well, they want to. I, yes, I think now language going back to euphemisms and talking about the fact that some euphemisms you can use around your family, some around your friends, some in general public. But there are euphemisms that you would use with your friends that you would never. You shouldn't in a public forum. You shouldn't. Say. Well, no, there's everybody. Everybody should limit their speech dependent upon the room um, or alter it or p- choose and if different things. Well, so the room you go to the highest common denominator. Sure. So you don't look like an idiot. So uh, Yes. You don't, you don't immediately use curse words and, but that, but I don't think all people temper themselves and it's, I don't think you're taking anything away from yourself by doing that. I think you're enhancing your <laughs> presence. Well, you're not going to be welcomed into that group, whatever group it yeah. is. Yeah, and and if and you're in, the end, that's how we're built. And but here's the problem: by using language to continually to subdivide us up into ever smaller groups. Yes, little subgroups. What you're going to end up having are bunches of little groups that cannot communicate that effectively com- yes. because things you use in your group 
won't work in their group. And so you'll be ostracized. You'll be out, yeah. Or made it's an, like the Tower of Babel. Or make made an unperson. Right. <laughs> then we all don't communicate with each other on a harmonious level. Right. If, I mean, if you say to someone, hey, you're a little, th- I see you're a little thin on top. Well, if that person's bald. And, one, and you're not friends. The one, they're aware of it. Yeah, they know. <laughs> Two, if you're if you don't know them, that's an insult, flat out. Yes. But if you're with a buddy and you say, dude, man, you are getting Yeah, and he's your friend, that, it's it's okay. It's gonna be okay. Yet he probably feels a little bit of the same thing as the other person, but because you're friends or part of the same it group, softens it. It softens it enough and makes for you it to acceptable. It. Yeah, yeah, it's not a taboo subject. And, uh, if you know as a friend it's going to hurt him, then it is a taboo subject, and you should alter what you say. And if you don't, are you truly a friend, or do you are are you using it for some power over that person? Because not all friends are really friends. Well, it's well. Man, how do you know? <laughs> I don't know. How do you really know if your friend is your friend? I mean, that's just by by examples, respect, and mutual respect, yeah. and I suppose in the end having. Some type of connection. A bond. A bond. Yeah. And they're trying to sever the bonds and using the language and to, to, do to that. compartmentalize groups. Yeah. All right. But some euphemisms are just fun too. Oh, absolutely. Because all that's really weighty and a lot to think about, and we can't change any of it. No, we can't do it. We can't do that. So we just accept and watch what goes on. The CIA doesn't kill anybody anymore, they neutralize people. <laughs> Or they depopulate the area. The government doesn't lie and engages in disinformation. The Pentagon actually measures nuclear radiation in something they call sunshine units. Israeli murderers are called commandos. Arab commandos are called terrorists. Contra killers are called freedom fighters. Well, if crime fighters fight crime and firefighters fight fire, what do freedom fighters fight? (laughs) <laughs> what do freedom fighters fight? And that's the government at work, and they do it constantly. They're oh, constantly yeah. changing the language. Yes, and, and they love acronyms. Oh, yeah. We, and we well, know again, that. That's another show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got too many. What are some of your favorites? You got, uh, you got any favorite euphemisms before we circle back to Brandeis so, University? To Brandeis. And their well, I, I have the same list you have, and uh, and they're fun, and I highlighted a couple. But I also have a, a list of songs. 10 songs with titles or lyrics that don't necessarily mean what you think they mean. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch of those. Well, there, I only have 10, so. Okay, well. <laughs> and I don't find all 10 to be all that interesting, but well, there are a couple that, that struck all right, me as. All right, all right. D-long, give, give it to me. <laughs> all, right, all right, so first one, uh, I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight. You remember that song? Yeah. Yes, I just, I just died. Died yeah. Okay, okay. The, the band is called Cutting Crew. I know the song well, but I really didn't know the remember the name of the group, Cutting Crew. I remembered the song and didn't care. And didn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, dear. So what they really mean by dying in your arms, apparently the uh band member Nick Van Eddy came up with the lyrics while he was having intercourse. <gasps> yes. Sex, better known as sex. So dying, and he thought that the well, French I'm, phrase. I'm triggered. No. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. Are you going to do anything because you're triggered? Is there a consequence for it, or are you just going to say you're triggered? I'm just going to say it because it's not true. Oh, okay. I, I see. I understand what you're doing. 
for humor? Sure. For humor. There we go. Uh, dying, you know, the French phrase, la petite mort, a little orgasm is, is a little death. A little death. Yeah, so I died in your arms tonight, so he died. How many, right. Didn't say how many times he give died. Me, give me another. <laughs> uh, ticket to Ride by the Beatles. She's got a ticket to ride. I thought that one was interesting. I like this story. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, too. So uh, what it really means is... Ticket to Ride is reportedly the clever phrase used that John Lennon came up with in reference to the medical card that German prostitutes carried. She was clean. If she had a ticket to ride, she was clean. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a clean she, sort. Uh, she's got a ticket to ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heart-shaped box by Nirvana. Before. Well, we all knew that one, though. What? That the heart-shaped box was Courtney sure. Love's well, I didn't vagina? Know it was Courtney Love, but... Courtney's vagina. Whatever. <laughs> Her, really? I don't know. I don't know if it was heart shaped, but man, that woman had some power over him, didn't she? Yeah, she she stood over him and killed him. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. You better add that. We all can't just say Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. Uh, no, I didn't say that. Tutti Fruity. That was, and I actually heard this on another podcast and was disappointed because I said, I found that. I've had it. Uh, Little Richard, Tutti Fruity, uh, Rudy. That was not the original lyrics, right? This song is actually. Well, uh, the original, original song, as I've learned, was in fact Tutti Fruity, and it was done in the 1940s okay. about, get this. Tutti Fruity ice cream. Tutti Fruity ice cream. For real. Well, that's what we all would have thought, right? That it would have been about. Yeah, but Little Richard, uh, being Little Richard, yeah, and having his early alternate Dude. gender identity. Hey, issue, he he was bold. He was a. Uh, well, they didn't let him really get into it much, but anyway, he had a. You could tell. Uh, he could. He, you could tell. You could tell. And they they did a. It was I think really what was going on is they took the song and created. A dirty song from it, from it, and did and a then, parody. And then, and then later when it was discovered, cleaned the people it up. Wanted yeah. to hear the parody, and they wanted to make it a hit and clean it up. Then they went back. To okay, so Fruity. originally it was tutti frutti, good booty. Yeah, and it was not <laughs> referring to the shape of a booty. No, no, no. It, it was, was referring to an act. And yes, but yes. I'm not going to give you a euphemism. Wait, do for I it. have a euphemism for it? I'm sure we do. Oh wait, I'm sure we do. <laughs> I want to find it on my list. Well, we didn't want him to be the boy in the barrel. Mm. How's that? The boy in the barrel. Mm, all right. I'll, I'll take that one. Mm. Uh, let's see. Wannabe for, by the Spice Girls. Uh, now that's not interesting. <laughs> Peacock by Katy Perry. Okay. Boy, that one wasn't hard to figure out, was it? No. No, no. no. <laughs> not at all. Well, I'll give you... Uh, you got something? I got some here all real right. quick I, that I, I thought were fun. Some of them... Some of them, George Carlin would perfectly understand. <laughs> Embarking on a journey of self-discovery is jobless. <laughs> oh, I thought it was about masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, uh, you throw euphemisms at me and let me say what they mean. Oh. Maybe that was a way to do it. Here you go. To engage in safe sex. To engage in safe sex. That's the euphemism. Oh, for masturbation. Hey, there you oh, go. Oh, okay. Uh, how about, let's see. Some of these are horrible. Ethnic cleansing is genocide. Well, yeah. That's what we call okay, it Okay, you didn't have to. <laughs> How about finger pants? Finger pants? Finger pants. Hang on, hang on. Finger pants. Oh, I don't, I'm not even sure what to guess for that one. Gloves. Oh, good God. <laughs> I told you I didn't say they were great. 
I said they were interesting. Horizontal gymnastics, having sex. Sex, intercourse, okay. A trash panda. We know what that is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, did, you better tell the audience. Oh, it's it's a raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trash panda. We, you saw it. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the, I know, I know. I don't understand some of these, though. I'm like, who who did this? Who did these, this list? Well, Maybe you need to credit the website. <laughs> we got negative patient outcome. Death. Death. Okay. <laughs> we have nose flavors. Nose flavors. Boogers? Smells. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Partially proficient. Um, Not qualified. Oh, <laughs> average. I, I was thinking average. We have several that were, are, are actually kind of common. Uh, postmenopausal. Uh, 50 plus old, old, old woman. <laughs> yeah. It's an old woman. Thank you. We have a uh, Mimi, <laughs> old woman, Mimi, <laughs> uh, relocation centers. Um, I got nothing. It's a prison camp. <laughs> oh, good God. Well, it is. Okay. All right. I was thinking ghetto, but I didn't want to say it. Here's, here's, it has a negative connotation. <laughs> try this one. S- slithery tube dude. Slithery tube dude? Yep. The boudin maker? No, it's a snake. <laughs> That's not a good well, euphemism. No, a euf- look, a euphemism has to be for It should some- be something taboo. Well, it should but be something is- negative. Yes, you're renaming something negative with something more positive. A oh, snake okay. isn't negative. One. Well, actually, I guess I, to we some. Would ag- we would agree that abortion is has it's negative. A negative. <laughs> well, they have a great euphemism for it. It's called terminating a pregnancy. Oh, my God. That's the euphemism. That's the euphemism. Well, okay. You know what? We need to bring it. To, there's the segue. Let's go exactly. right back to Brandeis. Uh, because you know what, folks? Because most of those are not actually euphemisms. No. Because they're he, he's well fed. <laughs> he's fat. <laughs> he's fat. Uh, well, that means you're rich and wealthy. That's a positive in most cultures. So there, Brandeis's oh. park. Uh, Wait, discur- I have one. What? And folks, if you'd like to call in and explain this to us, the thatched ATM. <laughs> Well, they can just Google it. Everything's on the Urban Dictionary. Well, that's true. And that helps me, actually. I use the Urban Dictionary. I thought thatched ATM was a little bit off, too. Who came up with that bull? I don't know. All right. So, no, but I'm taking it back to the beginning because that's where we were headed. Yes. We're going to go back. Let's talk about. Hang on. I'll bring it back to Brandeis. Hang on. But we got to talk about why we looked at Brandeis University. Well, because it was a recent story. Yes, but the person is why it made oh, news. Oh, yes. And it's a liberal yeah. author. There <laughs> Joy- you are labeling people. Well, she is. She's avowed. She says it. Okay. Uh, Joyce Carol Oates, uh, who is a liberal writer who's who's been nominated Quite for a Pulitzer yes. r- a ridiculous number of times, has never won, but has won all kinds of other awards, yes. including O. Henry Awards and, and several others. And she actually got out and wrote an article criticizing the oppressive language list that was posted by Brandeis University that uh, has all kinds of really strange words that are warning words. They're, they're trigger words. Trigger words. Uh, but don't know, use trigger. But don't use the word trigger. So it, it published it on its website. She read it, and she tore into it talking about things that just make no sense. <laughs> sense. Uh, this makes none. Well, one of the things she said was, what is strange is – and I'm going to use one word that she says before we get into their okay. their list. What is strange is that while the word picnic 
is suggested for censorship because it evokes in some people yeah. lynchings of black persons in the U.S. The word lynching is not itself censored. Well, one, I'm trying to figure out how picnic the picnic. Has you know, I I I wrote that on my when my copy of the story too. I, I picnic. And, and she said, "What shall be doled out for the faculty member who utters the word?" picnic yeah will he lose tenure she he or she will there be a public flogging or self-flagellation exactly what are the consequences you know so that got us on that and so the defensive language list they have they actually broke it down this park group you were talking about yes and that was where it got really interesting that the fact that they have like subdivided into violent language yeah there are five categories of violent language identity-based language language that doesn't say what we mean at culturally appropriative say what you mean mean what you say and person first alternative language and that was their point they don't want us to use euphemisms vagueness or anything that doesn't say what we mean Right. So picnic, does that not say what we mean? If I look up the definition of picnic, nowhere does it say that it's also connected because I had no idea that that white people used to go to lynchings and picnic while they watched. Yeah, I don't get it. The word picnic, first of all, if you tell me that you're offended by the word picnic. And I've not read that. One, don't get in my group. Just yeah, go away. Yeah. If we don't we're if not you're gonna get along. by the word picnic, then we, we wow, won't. we will not get along. No. Guaranteed. And I don't want to that that will be And I'm not a, gonna make the effort. A disharmony in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you would have disharmony in your life too if we tried to, to interact. Well, I'm just not going intimately. to picnic okay well that was weird and so let's yeah. let's go into it let's, i'm sure it's there somewhere in history let's, I, let's I, go into some of the violent language first okay so violent and you already discussed one of it yeah beginning. Killing, killing it, it. Mm-hmm. great job awesome you're killing it yeah but again there's a tone but here's the thing if you tell somebody man you're really killing it there is no no the, earthly explanation let, of them thinking you mean to actually okay, kill something. Maybe they're a soldier <clears throat> or perhaps a serial killer. They've accidentally killed somebody. Those <laughs> categories, maybe they might be offended. So in a, in a Lifetime movie, what, what would happen is the boss would say to the serial killer who's working in an office, yes. man, you're really killing Dexter, it. Dexter, you're really killing it. And then really there would be this music, it. and he would have a fade out yeah. into the actual yeah, killing that he, he committed. he feels bad. <laughs> He's having an emotional moment. And their explanation is, if someone is doing, oh, I should do it. If someone is doing well, there's no other way to – there are many more ways to say it than without equating it to murder. Who are you doing? I don't know. A Karen? A, a person who actually oh, pr- who works for by, the Prevention yeah. Advocacy and Resource yeah. Center. That's the person who would want. get upset about okay. killing so, it. Uh, you violent. know, I really appreciate you saying that I'm doing a good job, but there's other ways. I, I find your your language offensive, sir, my or your intonation. Time. Yes, your my inton- intonation. Your intonation. Take a stab at. Take a shot at. Uh, trigger warning. Go off the reservation. Well, that one has been around a while. I first heard about that years ago, actually. Okay. But it was because of indigenous people. Notice I didn't yes. use the word well, Indian um, or Native American. That's all labeled as violent language because they needlessly use imagery of hurting someone or something. Right. So when, you couldn't say half-cocked. But but think about what the term actually meant. Go off the reservation is is going outside a designated yeah, area. Yeah, your area. 
And everybody knows that a reservation was a thing that had a designated boundary. So now we say stay in your lane. Yes. Same thing. Stay in your lane. <laughs> and now it's just, it's just social conversation. Yeah. It's not, but that's not going to be negative. And so I guess use, maybe that's a better euphemism. So in class, you should never say rule of thumb. Yeah. Anymore. Rule of thumb. Uh, and then there's the whole- identity based language. What? There's well, more? Well, we've been practicing we've been practicing that for several decades we've been forced now. Forced to practice yes, that. Yes, we have. For he, a long she, time. his, her. When I teach pronouns, you know, for the last 10 years, uh, maybe a little longer actually, probably more like 15, uh we shifted from just being his to if you want to not identify gender his well, I, or I hers. Well, actually I want to address one of them here was the he, she. the gender exclusive language mm-hmm. like saying you guys or ladies and gentlemen yes when there are other genders in the room right and I actually had a student one time that said why do you always say you guys you know there are girls in the class yeah and, and I, my answer I say was that too. are are you do you think that I am not aware that there are a multitude of various genders in our classroom. Are you saying that I'm not culturally? Yeah, well, I did it. I I used that. And and I said, look, when I say you guys, Uh, I just mean you as a collective group of people. And I I addressed that too at the beginning because I know I'm going to do it. I have to. I have. It's part of my lexicon. It just is. So I will say No insult intended. But I will absolutely in a classroom be of situationally aware of who I'm dealing with. And I will absolutely curtail my language. Well, I like the fact that an alternative to you guys yes, is of course y'all. Yes. So I will use that as well. So <laughs> my thing is it's regional. It is that there are the regional phrases, I'm sure. And again, that goes back to groupings. So, you um, can't, But look, if you come to a place and say, you guys, you run the risk of offending a whole bunch of people in a room if they're all geared toward the idea that you guys is gender yeah. exclusive. Well, but that that's that's you being aware of where you're at. If you walk into a room full of people you do not know in any way and you have to address the entire group, then hello, everybody. <laughs> you know, hello, excuse me. Hello, homo sapiens. <laughs> no, hello, human beings. You're probably wondering why I called all of you here And if today. you are an alien and I left you out, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive my error. Excuse me, my name is Meepsorp. I feel offended. <laughs> oh, so, of course, uh, in their list of offensive or oppressive language, we have to deal with the one that's such trouble for our culture anyway. The term African-American should also stop being used. Right. We're not supposed to use that one anymore. Black According is listed, to Brandeis University. Black is listed as a possible alternative as not all black people are from Africa or and or America. Now, as a child of the 70s, my friends were black and I was white. So I had to readjust and for a number of years, I used African-American, and then I switched into people of color. Well, we were forced. In, I mean, in public, socially, yes, we were in public discourse with people I don't know. But, but with my normal people, I, I just say black. But I can remember people being upset about yes, the term African-American <laughs> because black people did not all come from Africa. Yes. And yet when they said that then— they were being racist. Yes. So it's shifted. And it shifted when I was a kid from yes. from the word colored to black. Well, I never used colored. 
Well, I didn't either. The I, only uh, reason no. I even heard the term yeah. is there was a radio station in Kansas Colored City. Pe- yeah. KPRS, Colored People's Radio Station. Yes, and, and just and, reading. I mean, when you read things from the past. In their time, early you days. Know, yeah, when they would actually come across. Specifically market to that group. And so now it's black. People of color is considered oppressive, so we are not supposed to use that. As uh, the center said, if you are talking about a specific racial group, name the group you are talking about, right? Because they want you to not be vague, so we just need to say black. So is that how we're going to? However, if you're dealing, but if you're dealing with a group of people who have multiple ethnicities, BIPOC. BIPOC. Capital B-I-P-O-C. So do you just say the word BIPOC? Well, I don't. Are the acronym? I don't know how I would use I don't BIPOC. know how I would use that either because I wouldn't want to say each letter out like when you do L-G-B. And this is a term. It's ableist language. That's the one thing that really got me. Yeah. Was the idea, for instance, of uh, like appointments. An ableist line, ver, form of that is the walk-in. Yes, but you, a walk-in. you can't say that. But that's marginalizing people who can't who walk. Who can't walk in. So you have to say a drop-in. But then does that mean that uh, we should carry people in? And uh, I don't know. I, so we're so far back to, to Harrison Bergeron, I can't even – we can't all – we can't make it all equal. We can't make it all sterilized. It can't be that. We can't that. do it. There are two. The language is too complex and varied, and human beings are. By the way, BIPOC is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So that you include all. So that you're acknowledging their background. But I don't need people to acknowledge my French background. My Kate. I I existed. Yeah, I'm just. You don't have to acknowledge that I existed. Um, I'm standing Funny here. thing about the the story is, you know, in April of 2015, the university tried to raise awareness of microaggressions against Asian students. So they were ahead of the time, ahead of the know, curve. already doing that. But the backlash from the Asian students got, on campus it shut it all down. <laughs> they stopped doing it. The association and the pre- president apologized to the student body and to anyone who was triggered or hurt by the content of the microaggressions. <laughs> so let's let's talk about person first language. Seven years later, they're trying it again. <laughs> they're doing it. They're just, keep hammering away. Um, it, this one is really interesting because I find that it's really just a simple twisting of English to satisfy some end that makes no sense. This is what Brandeis says. Person-first language frames people's activities, attributes, and more as part of the person rather than the whole person. Person Person-first language helps us resist defining people by just one thing. It is important to note that some people do claim these identities and labels, however, in which case we suggest mirroring mirroring their language. Okay. So just be a chameleon and adjust to your... And here's the oppressive version. Okay. Victim. Now it should be person who has experienced... X, whatever that is. Trauma. Oh, you can't just say trauma. You have to be specific. You can't be vague. Survivor. Person who has been impacted by X. Fill in the blank. Person who has. I am not a survivor of Hurricane Laura. I am a person who has been impacted by. I have been impacted by hurricanes. But here's the thing. Let's say, for 
hypotheticals, <laughs> that I'm a survivor of Hurricane Laura, but everyone else in my family died. Mm. Well, he's been impacted by Hurricane Laura. That really takes all of the emotion right out of it. Yeah. Yeah. He lost his family. In well, Hurricane. then you're back to what George Carlin said. Uh, and then we say lost his family. Lost his family. Yeah. Right. Okay. Disabled. Not lost. Not his entire family yeah. died, died or were killed. They were murdered by, by a hurricane. hurricane. Murder hurricane. <laughs> murder wind. <laughs> Death pocket. It's a murder wind. That's what that is. We're uh, making light of it now. Stop it. Murder low. A disabled person is now a person with a disability. Abusive relationship. That's oppressive. Okay. In a relationship with an abuser. It's exactly the same thing. It is exactly the same thing. It's also implying that the person that's in that relationship is. Well, they're using a definition to satisfy the opposite. He's an addict. Yes. He's an addict. Person with substance use, substance use disorder. It takes the personal out of it. Exactly. It's, it's harming the language because you're not being direct. And it's all in this it's, it, mythical idea that somehow we have to be protective of every again, single it's sterilizing it. feelings. We can't cause any yeah. discomfort. Don't ruffle anybody's emotional all. psyche. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Well, then we just don't need to leave the house and you need to stay off the computer. I found out that, <laughs> yeah, finally, uh, I've also found out that spirit animal you know that thing? You see it on Facebook. Yes. What's your spirit animal? A bear. Well, that's oppressive. No. 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 Is it no. oppressive to the animal? Alternative. Favorite animal or animal I would most like to be. Why? <laughs> says Brandeis University. In some cultural and spiritual traditions, spirit animals refer to an animal spirit that helps guide and or protect a person through a journey. Equating this with an animal you like to be strips the term of its significance. Oh, for the people who actually believe that. For the people of that culture. Animists. Okay. So if you believe in guardian angels and your guardian angel has a name, then. Well, I suppose it would. Yeah, I would suppose. Don't use it. No, don't use it. Don't say it. It has power. It's a taboo word. Don't use it. You know, so. you know, it indicated that taboo words were only taboo to people who were primitive. They, yeah. They use the word primitive. I, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to go back to using straight language for most things, just really specific, most mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind euphemisms. Being if, kind and yeah. when you need to be and, and saying the right things Look, or not saying something. I will call you whatever you want to be called. I have made those mistakes. I uttered the F word at a dinner once with other women <gasps> and and was just, I, I was being myself. You not said real. feather. <laughs> <laughs> I said fruity. Oh. Um, and I upset one of the attendees greatly. And, yes, and, it, and it, she, it affected, she it was direct you. with me and told me that, yes. that I ruined her entire evening and I was her ride home. Yeah. So then you had to bring her home I, yes. after uttering the yes. F word that ruined. And, and I, I mean, I made a mistake. I made a social error. I, I recognized it after the fact. I have continued to use the F word, but I try to be a little more selective. You say the F word? Often. Oh. Yes. I never noticed. Uh, I know. Well, no, because we're of a similar mindset. Yeah. 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 So, you know what? I do my job almost I don't, every day. I don't use it at my job. No, almost, I have situational awareness but most I've, of I've the time. I've never actually uttered the F word oh, no, in, in school? class. No, me no. either. 
I've used Never. I've used some light curses, pissed off my eighth graders. That was always startling to them. Uh, damn or hell. I, I, I've used those. Yeah, I think I've said. I those. said piss one time. Um, I've I've used some in reading text that might have had language. In fact, when I was talking about Andrew Jackson in class one time, and I and I said. After he was shot in the chest, he was pissed off and killed the other man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> which, which is in fact true. Uh, <laughs> William the Bastard, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in those <clears throat> kind of cases, like but I would, but situational awareness. Uh, in that case, I guess I mistook, I misread the room. Yeah, I misread. Or at least the room. that person in the room. And isn't that the problem? Uh, if we keep doing this, yeah. What's what's to become of society? Are we just going to have lots and lots and lots of little splinter groups where you guys all have a language you and understand? You can, well, you said that before, right? We're back you, to the Tower of Babel idea. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> and we, then we're not in harmony and again. politics is doing it. They're scrubbing our language all the time. Comedians know And it. forcing us to change. Well, it's making things softer. You know what I mean? Well, it, But there, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it creates more animosity. I think it it makes people angry in some we, cases. I think we dehumanize things when we're not more direct. If if we if we come up with things that take out the actual like George Carlin said, you know, shell shock says what it is. It is. But PTSD doesn't even have any emotion attached yeah. to it. And, and in the same way. And encompassing all types of trauma under one umbrella and we're surrounded with with advertising advertisers are the worst oh yeah all natural it's all natural it's in a box it's all natural it's good for you mm-hmm. and as i've always said well dog turd is all natural yeah. it's all natural i'm not going to eat it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all natural means nothing and think about it we have pre-owned but, but cars. There, are they trigger words for us? Because what they're trying to trigger is not your anger, but they're trying to trigger your your wallet, your your spending dollar. Well, and or they're trying to make you think differently. Mm-hmm. I I like. Uh, well, yeah, they're trying to get you to buy. Yeah, exactly right, and and but they're also trying to control you. Using and and now we've just stepped it up another level by making companies uh, responsible. Back to social score. Social score. Social score for companies. Mm-hmm. That's what's and happening. And I won't. Well, that's I, happening in China to people and companies. Yes. Now companies are obeying it and they're doing it by, by the way they're doing it is they're leveraging investment dollars in a way that if you don't do what these people have set up, mm-hmm. In the world, the Great Reset, which I could get into for an not hour. Now. No, not now, because we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. But they are leveraging investment dollars to force companies to do things that are socially correct yes. according to their viewpoint. Yes, and then that's really the question of everything. Who's in charge? And and so they change words and change meanings, and it's all about semantics. It's to basically try to satisfy uh, this imagined thing uh, it just well, it all comes down to the almighty uh dollar. yen the dollar it's the dollar <laughs> all For about now. the money yeah, yeah it's gonna crash it's gonna yeah maybe so and in the meantime <laughs> so so we really are black mirror uh idiocracy and well everything that south park's told us in the last 20 plus years <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> Politi- and I'll use a couple things here before we wrap it up. All right. Uh, George Orwell, political language. 
is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder sound respectable and to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind. That's what euphemisms can do. The power of a euphemism. We can laugh at it. We certainly can laugh. We at can it. switch it around and make it a dis euphemism. We can make it a we can dis make it bad. You yes, know, we the can. pigs, not the cops, not the. Because yeah. now we have euphemistic phrases. Oh yeah, constantly. In fact, individual euphemism words have become full on diatribes, and they're all, it's all euphemistic. The whole thing. <laughs> the uh, Texas Department of Agriculture it combated child obesity while lifting the ban on deep fat fryers in public schools. That's euphemistic action. (laughs) That is euphemistic action. I'm so glad they did that to help kids not be fat. (laughs) Yes, nothing slims a child down like healthy fried potatoes. (laughs) And hot dogs. Our hot dogs. And so, and then finally, and I'm going to leave it with this one and then we'll wrap it up. Harry Truman. He got tired of political doublespeak. (laughs) He's from Missouri. I have a lot of respect for Harry Truman. And this is his quote. I have appointed a secretary of semantics, a most important post. He is to furnish me with 40 to $50 words. Tell me how to say yes and no in the same sentence without a contradiction. He is to tell me the combination of words that will put me against inflation in San Francisco and support it in New York. He is to show me how to keep silent and say everything. You can very well see how he can save me an immense amount of worry. <laughs> he was a prophet. <laughs> he saw the writing on the wall. Political That's where speak. we were going. Yeah, that is where we yeah. were going. So there you go. The power of euphemisms. The power of euphemisms. And euphemistic phrases and euphemistic yeah. actions. And when you have lots of your own personal uh, euphemisms between you and your your tribe, people don't like that. <laughs> Right. That's that's the that, that's what we people call an find inside you and, joke. Yeah, and people find you annoying when you do that, especially when you drink and do that. <laughs> that's just my uh, my observation. I, I'm still a big fan of the crass euphemisms. <laughs> cool. So there you go. We've happy one year anniversary. Happy one Long year. In the booth. That was a horn. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it sounded good. You shouldn't apologize. Hooray! Huzzah! Vivot. <laughs> Zounds. <laughs> Zounds. All right. It's been a year. All right. So there you go. Euphemisms and language and political language and, uh, you know. That good, kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Be aware of what you say. Yeah. We're all seeking balance. Say what you mean. Mean what, mean you, what say. you say. Cause no harm. And I think you might be all right most of the time. Most of the time. Most Although, of the time. You will make mistakes. Read the room. <laughs> it's okay. Read the room. You will survive. That relationship may not, but you will survive. <laughs> That's ah. it. All right. So, again, uh, longintheboot at gmail.com or tripdub longintheboot.com or 337-502-9011. And we will be more than happy to, to uh, communicate with you. Yeah, we, we enjoy that, actually. And <laughs> I, might, right. I might even get you to call in and we'll talk on, on, on a phone and, and then I'll put you on the air. Maybe you have something to say. Oh, and uh, shout out again to Deputy Krista West. Just shout continuing out again. Yeah, to man. do fantastic things. Yes, that's yes. right. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the doghouse, you could do worse. I'll tell you what. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, no, Chris West is doing a great thing, getting all these uh, little puppies taken care and of, and cats this and, time, and yeah. cats, and yeah, cats too. Yeah. Oh, and hedgehogs. And our and our grands, <laughs> our grandkids absolutely loved uh, fact checker Bella and and Otto. 
Yeah, they, they've got and the, fans. And they really enjoyed their time with the kids. They did. <laughs> and so did we. And so did we. Yep. And, all right. And even, even our even even you know their parents were okay. Yeah, that yeah, that was all. But those grandkids. All. So oh. there was a little sunshine here in Southwest Louisiana for the last month. That's right. Well, they showed up and it stopped raining, so that helped. No doubt, and that's true. So all right, all right, folks. We're going to see you again in two weeks on the Long in the Boot podcast. Y'all take care. <laughs>